Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Welcome, friends. We are so glad that you have joined us today. Dr. Virginia and I really just thought it would be fun for us to have an episode where we just talked about some of our favorite activities and games that we do with the kids. And so this is what we're going to be talking about today. How are you, Dr. Virginia? I'm good. How are you, Dr. Val? I am doing well. I am excited about this episode because I get excited about activities (laughs) and games. Um, I don't know if you're like me, but I am constantly on the search for (laughs) new things that I can do with the kids in the classroom, new activities, new ways to engage the kids. And so I thought that it would just be fun for us to have a little chat about some of our favorite activities and games. Absolutely. Um, Cause we like to make learning fun. Definitely. And there's so many ways to do it. And sometimes I think we get a little bit anxious about it and we get a little Mm -hmm. bit too in our heads with it. And so um, one of the things that I learned super early is that if I had some just basic activities and games just in my back pocket that I could pull out whenever I needed it, it was so helpful because everybody has those activities that don't quite work or that don't fill up the whole time, or we might have a teacher at the last minute have to make a change in what they're doing. And so it's nice to have a few activities, a few games that you can just kind of pull out no matter what you're doing. And it will work in with what you're doing. So that's what we're kind of talking about today are those general games that we can use in almost any situation, but still be able to tie it into your Bible story or your Bible verses that you're working on. Absolutely. Something that I feel is really important. I wanted to make sure that every time the kids were at church, no matter what activity we were doing, that somehow they received a connection to the word of God. Somehow they received some sort of a lesson. I I wanted to make sure that no matter what their age, whether they were newborns or whether they were fifth graders, that every time they came to church, they heard something about Jesus. They heard something about God. They learned something from the word of God so that it was never about childcare for me at all in any of the situations. But I know that can be super difficult because sometimes we just have situations happen where we have the kids and we're not necessarily prepared with a big lesson for the kids because of different things that happen. And so that's where my kits always came in super handy that I sort of had put together for myself that I just kind of kept to the side so that I would have a bag of activities and a bag of things ready to go, no matter what the situation might be, so that I would be able to use that time to still have a Bible thought, to have a Bible verse, to somehow connect the kids to the word of God. 
I think I've mentioned this before. I've been doing this a super long time. I'm really old. <laughs> and I, the first church where I served was an internship that I did one summer. And it was at a large church that had a ton of resources and had all of the material and had everything you could possibly ask for. And so that was a great, you know, first experience for me to jump into. The first church where I served as a volunteer children's minister was a very small church with a very small children's ministry. And I had no budget whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so going sort of from that, having all the resources, having all the material, <laughs> having everything laid out for me, and then stepping sort of into the situation where I had nothing, I had mm-hmm. nothing was such a huge transition. And so I had to step back really quickly and try to figure out without having the resources to be able to purchase material, how was I going to not only come up with lessons myself for my kids, but also for the leaders that were helping me in children's ministry? Because one of the things that you want to make sure is that as the children's minister, you do have control over what is being taught in the classrooms. You want to make sure it's doctrinally sound and that it has age appropriate activities. And so you want to make sure you have all those things. And so for me, purchasing the leader guides were just something that I just did personally. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because it was so important to me Mm -hmm. that the teachers were teaching in every classroom for every hour. But because I, I didn't have, uh, you know, Liz, I didn't have money back then to be able to do a lot of things like that. And the leader guides were not so hard for me to be able to purchase one leader guide for each of the teachers because it was a small church and we only just had a few classes, but I couldn't afford to buy the kits and all the little accessories and the games right. and the things that came along with it. So literally a lot of times we were having to take that material and use the basic concepts of it, mm-hmm. you know, the Bible story, the Bible verses, you know, that part of it, and then have to kind of create the materials and the activities to go along with it mm-hmm. so that you would actually have those things to do. Now, today it's a lot easier to do that because we have the internet. Yep, Pinterest. <laughs> it's a lot easier to do searches <laughs> and to find things. But, you know, back then it was really hard to kind of come up with those things and to be able to do that. And so I tried to pull and learn as many just activities Mm -hmm. and games that I could that were very general that could fit into, like I said before, the Bible thought, the, you know, the lesson behind the Bible story, the um, Bible verses. And Mm -hmm. so that is where I sort of started doing that and, and trying to pull that together. And over the years, sometimes I've been in churches where I did have a budget and could purchase everything. And some years, you know, I was kind of back to that. Well, we were only going to be able to get the leader guide. But um, and again, there were a couple of churches where literally I would would get leader guides from larger churches mm-hmm. you know, like that were, you know, a couple of years old, but right. we still would use those you know materials. And so, so coming up with activities and games have, had become sort of an obsession. with <laughs> Dr. Virginia, have you found that there are times that you need supplemental activities for your ministry? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, even if, you know, you're talking about sort of sometimes having those seasons where you get all the extras with the curriculum and other seasons where you don't get all the extras, with the curriculum, but even when you have all this stuff with the curriculum, 
there are still Sundays where, you know, this sermon goes long or we recently had a um, Lord's Supper Sunday because we do those once a quarter. And so it was like we had a Lord's Supper Sunday and there were baptisms and there were a lot of families joining the church, which was wonderful. But that also <laughs> that also meant, you know, all my volunteers are watching the clock, looking at their watch, you know, trying to figure out what to do as the service kind of went longer than usual. Right. And so absolutely, it's always so important to have these resources. And one of the things, because, you know, right now I'm a preschool director. And right. so I try to um, keep our preschool classrooms equipped with certain um, open-ended toys. And we'll get into those later. Right. It can be used in lots of different teaching ways and incorporated right. into so many different Bible stories. And so we'll get, as we talk, I'll get into the specific things I very recently outfitted our classrooms with. Um, Christmas time was a great time to buy lots of different items that I was looking for for our rooms at good prices. So right. it really is. Well, and it's that that is the thing. It's the preparation that's mm -hmm. necessary. Because if you have, for example, let's say you have a first grade classroom and you have a first grade teacher that has the lesson prepped and that they're going to be coming to teach. But then that morning they wake up with the flu. And right. so now suddenly you have a first grade classroom without a teacher mm -hmm. and possibly without the materials needed to teach. Because if that teacher prepares their materials oh. and brings everything in, then now you're going to have to find a substitute, not only that is going to be able to be with the kids, but also that's going to have materials and activities and things that they need to be able to lead the class. And so that's why I think it's great to have that kind of emergency kit that you have prepared that has a, a lesson, that has activities, that has a story and the materials that are needed that you could just very quickly give to a substitute or to yourself if you're the one that's going to have to jump in and be the <laughs> yeah. one that's going to teach that group so that they still receive a lesson because you never want, that was always my worst fear. Yeah. I never wanted the kids to come in and a teacher go, well, you know what? I wasn't supposed to be here today because, you know, but, but your teacher is sick. Sally got sick. So, and, you know, yeah. yeah. So, you know, just, you know, talk amongst yourselves or, or just <laughs> oh. replay or it's just, you know, yeah. you don't ever kind of want that to happen. Mm -hmm. So the idea is having things prepared according mm -hmm. to how your ministry has set up for the teachers, whether or not they are providing all of the material themselves to teach, or if you have a kit ready for them in the classroom, mm -hmm. because even so much so like there were years that I was able to provide, like I had boxes for every classroom for each Sunday, and I would put all the materials needed from the lesson in the box ready for the teachers to be able to use. But I also had to remember too, that sometimes they would not have their book with, if they, you know, if they didn't come and they had the book with them, I had to make sure that there was a copy of the lesson in the box so that if somebody did come in just, you know, to quickly be able to pull everything out and to be able to set everything up in, in a fast way, because they don't have a lot of time to prepare, mm -hmm. but so that they have the material so that they have that there. So you want to kind of think through however you have your setup, you want to be prepared for emergencies, prepared for people being out. Um, and I did that always for my extended teaching session for mm -hmm. preschool, because mm -hmm with my rotation, my Sunday school teachers were the same leaders each week for preschool, right. but my extended teaching hour during worship service with the preschool, that was a rotating list of leaders. 
And so it was the same, maybe, you know, for a six weeks or an eight week rotation. So, you know, it was the same leaders for those six or those eight weeks, but it wasn't from week to week, the same leaders. And I didn't want them to have to worry about preparing in the same way as a Sunday school school teacher teacher. might. I wanted them to read the lesson and be familiar with it, but I didn't want them to have to come up with all the materials for that. Mm -hmm. as well. So a lot of times, again, I would have those boxes kind of set up and in the classroom ready for that extended teaching session for people to be able to just quickly be able to pull out a lesson. And so I always had a couple of extras of those just in case something happened. But I also had um, materials and activities in every classroom that were very easily Mm -hmm. pulled out of storage in the classroom for a teacher if they needed that extra activity or those extra things. And I like you talking about, um, you know, preparation and being prepared for these different circumstances, because I think, you know, we say we don't want a subs to come in and be like, Oh, talk amongst yourselves because I don't, I wasn't Mm -hmm. supposed to be here today because I think what our preparation communicates both to our children and to our substitute teachers is that Mm -hmm. their time and their presence is valuable Right. Because I think whenever we aren't prepared for those situations and, you know, in a very well-meaning way, you know, Mm -hmm. our sub or whoever comes in and says, well, I don't have anything, just free play. Right. What we unintentionally communicate with that is that this time at church, Mm -hmm. isn't that valuable or... Mm -hmm. Or, you know, isn't that important or whatever? And so that's obviously not something that we ever want to communicate intentionally or unintentionally. And so Mm -hmm. I think our preparation and having these resources ready communicates that, hey, subs, like what you're doing here is important. Right. Here is tools to do it with. Hey, kids, our time here is important. Studying the word of God is important. Even though Miss Sally is out sick today, you know, Mr. Bob and... Miss Susie (laughs) are going to come and they're going to teach you a Bible lesson. And so I think that preparation communicates importance and value. Right, right. Oh, it really, it really does. But again, even though we can be as prepared as we possibly can be, there are always going to be those Sundays where things happen Uh that you so don't expect. Uh And so to be able to have a few games and Uh activities just in your back pocket, in a little kit, somewhere in a bag, somewhere in, in your office or in the classroom or in the resource room where you can pull these things really quickly. Mm-hmm. can be a lifesaver. Absolutely. Know. One of my very first items that I always put in a kit is always a koosh ball. And I wish I had one, like I would love to be more visual. <laughs> I have a few things here that I did bring with me today. Um, but uh, I, 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 I've mentioned before, we, we moved and things are in storage and I could not get my hands on one. But I tend to always shop at a Dollar Tree or a Dollar General or, you know, one of, one of the, the smaller convenience type stores and look for interesting balls like mm-hmm. a koosh ball or a small rubber ball or bean bags or, you know, something that is soft to toss in a classroom because tossing games yes. can really, really save your life and it can they can be something that you can do in a classroom that the kids really love. Mm 
mm-hmm. back in, I was trying to remember where I got this game from. And I know it dates back to at least 1994. <laughs> and I don't know where I saw it originally, but I have seen it written in a lot of books and on a lot of websites. So it's, it's a popular game. Um, but it, it became my go-to game for all of these years. And it's called Silent Ball. And I don't know if you're familiar with Silent Ball or not, but Silent Ball to me is one of the greatest invented <laughs> games for a classroom of kids that you could ever have. And the thing that I've always found so funny about it is that my kids beg to play it. Like it, they would play it every single week um, at, uh, at almost every church, at every class, uh, every place I've ever been. And it just blows my mind that it's such a simple game. <laughs> that everybody loves. But basically what silent ball is, is you take a softball, you have the kids go find a place to stand anywhere in the classroom, as long as they can reach out their arms and they can't touch another person. So the idea is just that they're spread out around the classroom. You have a judge and I always start off being the judge, the first round and the judge has complete control over all of the rules. And so the judge can say and do anything at any time during the game and the players have to follow along with it. And the rules start off very simple. They start off with, you can't make a sound. So if somebody laughs out loud, if they say something, if they yell something, (laughs) if they, any, any words spoken, then they automatically sit. And when I have them sit, I just have them sit where they're standing. Just you have a seat. Um, You have to be able to throw the ball so that it can be caught. Mm -hmm. So if it's a wild throw, you're out. It has to be catchable. And then you have to have been able to catch the ball. So if it's right to you and you drop it, then you are out. (laughs) And then the last rule is the judge can change the rules at any point during the game. (laughs) And So basically you're just, you're playing this game, you know, and, and you can change the rules at any time. Like, for example, you can say, now you can only throw with your right hand. Now you have to stand on your left foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like, so you can change and adjust the game any way you want as they play. And then as it gets smaller, especially if you have, like, for example, if you end up with three kids at the end that are very good, then you can do things <laughs> like you have to close your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you come up with, with what oh. you have to do to, like, to get the game to end quickly because you don't want all the kids to be not playing right. for a long period of time. But the way that I use that game in the classroom is that I do use it where we have um, just free play with it, where it's just, you know, I do a couple of rounds of just, it's just the game. But I also have several rounds where we're either, when you catch the ball, you have to answer a review question for the Bible story. Um, You have to name a book in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. You have to name a character from the Old Testament. You know, I I find ways to take the Bible story that we have done for that day, whatever Bible verse we're working on, whatever scripture passage. Um, Sometimes I'll do it where you have to say one word of the verse when you catch it in order so that the verse is said in order. So I've used Silent Ball in a large number of ways. Right. (laughs) But again, (laughs) it's one of those games that the kids typically love to do. And then if I have kids that do not like it, which, like I said, is very rare, but if Mm -hmm. I do then they get to be the judge at one time because the judge decides Mm -hmm. if the ball is thrown 
correctly or if it's caught correctly. So the judge decides who sits and who stands. Mm -hmm. The judge can do a do-over if the judge wants to. Mm -hmm. You know, the judge has complete control of the game. So, um, so it has been a game for me in emergencies that have come in super handy, but also something that I regularly would play if I was teaching a class with a group, because like I said, the kids do tend to love it and it does um, tend to work with, and, and that's what really all of these things that we're going to talk about today have in common is that they're games that you can play and you can adjust the content of what you're studying mm. to fit any Bible story that you might have. Mm-hmm. And I know I've heard you talk before about four corners. Yeah, that was going to be the first one I mentioned. Um, yeah, because I had a group of kids who absolutely loved four corners, um, mm-hmm. which is where, um, you know, you've got the one one kid who stands in the middle of the room. And typically when you play four corners, you have the four corners of the room numbered. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that I incorporate elements from our Bible passage is I'll put people, places, things from the Bible passage, just write it out on a piece of paper, slap it up in the corner with some tape. Um, So, you know, if you're doing Jesus calms the storm, you can have boat Jesus disciples storm (laughs) as your four corners. And so um, the person in the middle, the kid who's it, closes their eyes, all the kids disperse to one of the corners. And the idea is that as they choose their corner, they're being very quiet. They're like mm-hmm. going slowly. They're tiptoeing around because they don't want the no, they don't want the person who's it to know where they are and choose their mm-hmm. corner. And so, you know, the person who's it has their eyes closed. Once all the kids get where they're going, um, they'll pick one of their corners. They'll say Jesus or boat <laughs> or whatever that element is from the Bible story. Mm-hmm. And then once your corner is chosen, then you're out and then whittle our way down to to one final player who's the next player who gets to be it. Right. And so that's been a very simple go-to of mine mm-hmm. where the, the message is running long, we need extra things to do, and we are at least tying in elements from the Bible passage. Right. Um, and, and again, it is a relatively quiet game as well because we yeah. like those. Right. That's why, that's why, yeah, that's why silent ball for yes, me. I was like, yes. because that's the idea. You don't, you know, they're not going to start talking to each other. They're not going to start yelling. They're not yes. get kind of out of control. Rowdy. Yeah. Quiet. And so, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and that's what Four Corners, I love that because it's great for even like if you're working on books of the Bible, you yes. know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John can be in the corners or, you know, you, you have mm-hmm. all of these options of the ways. And again, these are not games that you want to use every single week because they right. super tie into your lesson for the day. These are those emergency games, things (laughs) that you need in that moment. Mm -hmm. And the great thing about it is that you're still having those Bible conversations Mm -hmm. while you're doing it. That's the idea behind it. You're still discussing the Bible story. You're still bringing up points to help them remember the Bible story. And so you are finding ways to keep them engaged, Mm -hmm. not just with one another and with you and to keep them focused because we've talked before, if you have downtime, Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> they will find something to, to do. Find out how to fill it. They're going to fill it with what they want to fill it with. <clears throat> and so we want to make sure that we're filling it with mm-hmm. what they, you know, what they need to be learning while they're with us. And that's yes. tying it back into the Bible story. Yes. Sure. 
And there are a few other ways that you can sort of do. Um, one of the things that I have, um, and the great thing about game cubes mm-hmm. are that you can build them by just creating a box yourself and writing or gluing things on the side of them, or you can find them. I try to, a lot of times these little um, kind of foam material game cubes can be found at the dollar store for a dollar or, or in a, a, a bin. And I, I think that these particular ones are from other activities and other games, but um, this particular one here just has who, what, where, when, why, and how mm-hmm. written on them. And so basically what you have the kids do is just to roll it after you tell the Bible story. And then you come up with a question, you know, where did our story take place? You know, um, how did Jesus feed the 5,000? You know, you just, and so it gives them something active that they're doing Mm -hmm. where they're actually rolling a, a cube, they're rolling something. And you have the review questions to go along with that. And the great thing about it too, is that you can actually take these cubes and then you could even like tape the review questions onto mm-hmm. a cube mm-hmm. and they're actually rolling for the question itself. And if they get the sec- same question twice, then somebody okay. just, somebody, we've already talked about the answer. Somebody gets to answer it again. It's no big deal, but it's the same way with anything that you want to assign. This is a game cube that has the numbers on it. And again, what you could just do is you could take some small bags and write the numbers on the small bags, put questions in the bags, and then they roll the number and they go to the bag and pull out a review question or, you know, something like that. So again, it's just these little things that you can have in a kit that you could pull out at any time Mm -hmm. and make any kind of a game out of. And so um, it's the same. I have... um, like I, I bought a little pack of spinners at the dollar store one time Neat. and I have used these forever because again, you can just color code things. Mm-hmm. So when they spin, then they pick, you know, the card, the yellow cards out. Um, I try to keep multiple colors of uh, note cards mm-hmm. as part of just a, a kit that I can fill out things quickly. And so it's, it's, they can draw cards, they can pull things by color, they can pull things out of color bags, they can just do. So when you have these kind of little extra things, then you can kind of put together simple games. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of gives you that opportunity to have a little flexibility. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another one that I do that's like, this one's zero prep <laughs> um, for anything is, and this is another one of those emergency ones um, is, and that you can do with almost any age mm-hmm. is essentially Simon says, but instead of oh. Simon, I mean, it can be Simon, it can be Simon Peter, but um, it's, you know, anyone from your Bible story. So say, you know, we're learning about Moses mm-hmm. And we've got extra time. And so we're going to play some rounds of Moses says right. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and let Moses tell us things to do. And you're mm-hmm. right. Those are good opportunities, even though that's super simple, zero prep. You know, as you're playing that game, you can pepper in just like what you're saying, review questions mm-hmm. or um, point back to things that Moses did, you know, in the Bible lesson. All right. Moses says, take off your sandals, take off your shoes because you are standing on holy ground or however you want to use that. But that's another Mm -hmm. like zero prep emergency. Why Mm -hmm. is this service going on? (laughs) Kind of lesson, kind of activities. You're not realize what we're trying to do here. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
because it's always it's going to happen it's just going to happen I think that this is where having some items where kids can work on books of the Bible Mm -hmm. or Bible book order or those kind of things can come in super handy a lot of times I would have a set of note cards that just had the books of the Bible written just from Genesis to Revelation one book on every card Mm-hmm. And then just have that whole set with me so that if we were working on, say, a, a story from the Gospels, mm-hmm. then I could pull those four cards and have the kids use those cards in a relay race or in some sort of a game where they could mm-hmm. put them in order or mm-hmm. where, you know, where we could talk about the books in that way. And so you could actually do that with multiple colors of note cards if you wanted to, so that all the Old Testament books are one color, all the New Testament books are one color, Mm -hmm. or you could actually even color code it by the division Mm -hmm. so that you have the history books and you have the, you know, the prophets and the, you know, you have, you know, you have the different divisions set up. So that you have them in color coded situation where the kids can play a game with it a little bit easier, can pull those out and can do that. The same with craft sticks, popsicle sticks. Yeah. I, I love using those for all sorts of different things. But again, I always kept a set that had the books of the Bible. And sometimes I would use just the, the manila color, just the plain color craft sticks. And use different colors of Sharpie to write the books on them. Mm -hmm. So I was still using the color coding to kind of help the kids to be able to separate them out and divide them a little easier, Mm -hmm. but still to have those um, in in the stick form, because you can do those as puzzles, you can do those as relay races, you can use them for a lot of different things. Um, I used to love to use that too, where they could reach and draw one, and then they'd have to go to their Bible and find that book in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So you have that opportunity to use those kind of activities for Bible skills. And if you're working with kids that are pre-readers, if you're working with preschoolers, a lot of times I would take those just manila colored craft sticks and then I would just do the color on the end to make a little puzzle. So like the end of the book of Matthew, there would be a little red dot at the end. And then at the beginning of the stick, For the book of Mark, I would have a little red dot on the end so that even if they weren't able to read Matthew and Mark, they could take the red dot and match the red dots. And if you were doing Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then you could read the books to them, but they've Mm -hmm. taken the colors and matched the colors so that they were able to put the puzzle together themselves. And so Mm -hmm. using colors and using the note cards or the craft sticks can be a really great opportunity for kids to review the books of the Bible. Yes. And that's, and and talking about pre-readers and preschoolers, that's the world that I I live in now. And there are certain things that I like to keep um, for our classrooms. One of them is Um, Play-Doh. All of our rooms (laughs) are well-equipped with um, Play-Doh because there's so many things you can do with Mm -hmm. Play-Doh. You can always, um, you know, pull out the Play-Doh, be like, okay, we learned about Jesus today. We're going to make a Play-Doh Jesus. We learned about, um, you know, Noah and the ark. We're going to make a Play-Doh ark. Um, And then you can also do, okay, we're learning about Jesus today. We're going to make Play-Doh J's. 
or just one letter of, you know, or or we're reading from the book of Luke. So we're going to make Plato L's. Mm -hmm. And so, so even there are other little ways as well that you can do things with kids who can't read yet um, to still review those Bible lessons and, and start imparting some of those Bible skills. Right. Well, and I've done the same with, that's why I keep Play-Doh in the children's classrooms too, because everybody loves it. Everybody <laughs> loves Play-Doh. Everybody yeah. loves playing with it. And you can take the Play-Doh and you can work together as a group to write the whole Bible verse mm-hmm. on a table, like spell out all of the letters with the Play-Doh or use the letter cookie cutters you can cut out the letters in the Play-Doh to be able to spell out the entire verse on the table or the reference to the verse on the table. And so that was another one of the things that I always kept in a kit was to have that Play-Doh, to have as much as I could have extra, because it doesn't matter how old you are. They love to play with it. And so it's, it's a, that way you're, you're having them create something that has to do with the Bible story. You're having them write out the verse So while they're doing the activity, you can review the Bible story with them again. You can make those connections with them. You can help them understand, you know, the application, the life application to the Bible story while you're chatting with them, while they're using the Play-Doh, while they're working with it. And I've even done the same with if you have the interlocking blocks, the, you know, the Legos, (laughs) the small ones where you can use those to put them in lines to be able to spell out words and things too. So there's all sorts of different things that you can use to kind of spell out words or to use. I love bananagrams. I love Mm -hmm. to find um, one of my favorite finds back when I was a children's minister was to find an old Scrabble game yes, in a discount store because I would pull those tiles out and I, cause I had big bags of just letter tiles mm-hmm. and you know, the, the activity would be for them to spell out, you know, keywords from the verse to, to spell out key people from the story, you know, those kind of things. And so even if it was literally where, again, if you have pre-readers, if you give them the card, with the with Jesus's name spelled out, then they go through and they find the letters and they write it out to match it. And so that way, again, they're matching shapes, even if they can't spell yet. So if they can't write that out themselves. And so those kind of activities, again, help increase the Bible skills. One of my favorite ones to do, I always had an egg carton and a small button or a stone. And basically what I would do is inside the egg carton, I would write letters of the books of the Bible. So I would have like a G and E and, you know, L and I would have so that every letter that was written on the bottom, on the inside where the eggs sit in the egg carton would have that letter. And then what the kids do is they put the button inside the egg carton, close the egg carton and shake it. And then they would open it up. And so then they would look. And if it said T, they would say T. And then all the other kids had to find a book of the Bible that started with the letter T. Mm-hmm. Or find the book of the Bible that starts with the letter G. Or, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And so, again, it was just a silly way yeah. <laughs> you know, to have them sort of almost doing a race with trying to find a book in the Bible. Um, but again, and you can do the same thing with them pulling a letter tile out of a bag, you know, you know, and then they have to decide is, you know, they pick an old Testament book or a new Testament book and you can change up the game however you want to. Mm -hmm. But the idea is finding those little ways 
that they're doing some sort of activity while they are studying the books of the Bible, while they're using their Bible skills, things that they can do to get them to open up the word of God themselves, yeah. to find those pages, to find those books. Um, and that's just huge when they can do that. Um, one of my favorite newer resources that we've started using in our rooms is Magnetiles are super popular and super yeah. fun right now. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so you can get, there are on Pinterest and other places, you can get um, like sheets of paper um, mm -hmm. where it's almost like a guide to where, you know, you put certain magnetiles together to make certain shapes. Like, right. you know, you put them together to make, um, or lay them flat really to, you know, in certain shapes to make like a lion or a boat or whatever. Right. Um, but then also just the, just, you know, building, I mean, you can, if your Bible passage has a structure in it, <laughs> you yeah. can build it. <laughs> um, it's even more fun if it's the walls of Jericho or the tower of Babel or something like that. And you get to build it and knock it down. Right. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you can build anything, um, that, you know, that you can think of from your Bible passage with those magnetiles or blocks. Yeah. I also love wooden blocks. Yes. Um, and so both of those are great for, for, you know, building the things that you've learned about right. in your passage. So building right. the temple, building the tabernacle, right. you know, building the stable, um, you know, where Jesus was born, all those kinds of things um, right. are super fun and hands-on and just a very engaging way to reinforce the lesson. And as kids build, you know, have those conversations about, you know, well, you know, the real temple was covered in gold. The real temple was this big, the real temple, da, 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 da. So right. as yeah. kids are building. I think that's what's so great about preschool classrooms that can be set up with centers. And we've talked about that a little bit before. We love that. <laughs> we'll talk about it a lot more too, just because we do. Um, but that is what's so great because if you're doing something like, you know, for example, um, Jesus feeding the 5,000, then you can build things with the blocks. You can prepare a meal uh, with the kitchen where the plates and, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the play food might be. You know, you have those, you know, you can have picture books of, you know, water and fish and, you know, you can just do all sorts of different things in those centers so that you have a lot of activities that you're tying back into the story. And again, they don't have to be exact. One of the stories that we teach a lot is about Jesus going to the temple when he was 12. And so I literally just taught that this past week. <laughs> that, that's one of those stories that we teach a lot. And one of the things that I love to do is to do like transportation toys with the kids in the, in the center for that particular week. And then when you're talking about it, you can have trucks and cars and, and you can build a road and you can have, you know, you can build the temple with the blocks and you can have a road going to the temple. And then you can talk about how do you think that Jesus came to the temple? Did he come in a car? Did he come in a boat? Did he come in a, you know, and, and talk about, well, you know, this is the way Jesus traveled, but how would we go to church today? Well then, you know, so you have all of those little tie-ins where literally they're just playing with cars on the road and the blocks and, but you're tying in the Bible lesson to all of that. And so that's what makes it so exciting. Yes. Yes. So one of the other things talking about Jesus feeding the 5,000, I do, I like to keep um, toy food on hand. And so I recently um, bought a sets of wooden toy food with 
prayerfully it'll be indestructible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I did for a while. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but I did intentionally get a set that had it had like it has like a little fish and it has different types of bread and some different fruits and some different meats and so um, so I really liked and and wanted that one because you know in Jesus feeding the five thousand and in other there are other passages where it talks about you know eating fish or you know we have passages that talk about grapes and I am the vine and and different things and so wanting to have those on hand. Right. Um, and toy animals. I love to have toy animals on hand as well. I like to yeah. have wild animals, farm animals. We want to have our lions and our lambs um, yeah. just to have those visual elements. And exactly what you're saying, they can be mm-hmm. played with. And as they're played with, we tie them back in to our Bible story. Right, right. And I think that that's the key. I think it's finding these things that you can use on a regular basis to help you to be able to make those connections for kids, to help them to be able to think through these things while they're staying active, while they're staying in motion, so that they're not just sitting in a circle and you're just asking review questions, or they're not just having to do something in a very passive way. We want them to be very active. And so as they're doing those things, the key to all of those activities is that you have a teacher that's engaging with them and having these conversations while you are doing these activities. And so they can almost be, the games and the activities can almost be from anywhere. You just have to find a way to sort of make that connection between your Bible story and what they're doing. And one of the other things that I have here that I love are like, for example, Lifeway has these Kidman Toolbox books that are brilliant Bible skills, activities, and great games that teach. And they're very basic, just general games that you can almost take them and put them into any Bible verse, any Bible story, Mm -hmm. and still be able to review. So anytime I see any kind of a classroom game book, I grab it, whether it is even if it's about teaching math or if it's about (laughs) teaching English or whatever it is, I try to pick those books up because I can always take the activities that are being done with the kids. I can, it helps me to make sure that it's age appropriate because usually those books are marked by ages. So it helps you to be able to see, because the one thing you don't want to do is to have an activity that is not age appropriate for the kids and they get frustrated because then they aren't going to engage. Yeah. Or bored. They're not going to engage in it. They're not going to be connected to it, but it's finding these activities, but you can find these games and things, and then you can find ways to work the Bible story and the Bible verses into Mm -hmm. them. And so sometimes that does take a little bit of work if you're trying to do that, but just to have those things sort of in your back pocket. Yes. To be able to pick up at any time is just such a helpful thing. Well, Dr. Virginia, thank you so much for this conversation today. It was a lot of fun. Yes. And activities. And hopefully we gave you some ideas of some things. And I'm sure we'll do another episode like this another time (laughs) as we come up with more things and as we think about more things. But we just wanted to try to give you some some more practical ideas for Mm -hmm. things you can do with the kids in the classroom when you have those downtimes where you need that little extra activity. So we just really appreciate you following along. We appreciate you listening today. Um, Thank you so much for subscribing and for liking and for doing all the things that help us to be able to know if we're giving you the content that you want. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.